everyone and happy grog's giving where each episode we hear on this uh podcast of roguelike games we sit down we take time to reflect and somberly give thanks as we shoot out of a sewage pipe into a dungeon and reanimate ourselves to talk about a video game uh, then we compare said video game to and we look at its stats and we we compare it against all the rest of the the games that we've already ranked and we decide if we want to keep it or recycle it for that precious sh- shopkeeper gold uh i am your writhing massive goo host of said podcast god burger and imprisoned with me on this island of malaise are my co-hosts that's right it's me andrew harshman uh and i am of course the uh, very real and very evil elevator that is rocketing downward uh which breaks your neck your non-existent neck uh and you accidentally uh, murder yourself very very fun mechanic there and i'm calling a call out to another video game that has been transported into this game to do massive damage (laughs) and joining us as special guest is Hello, this is Woody Siskowski, hidden final guest boss. You can only you can only get me as a guest on your pod if you play with five cell difficulty. So congratulations, guys. We unlocked the true ending of the podcast. This is when when you go to the fandom page for this site, there's a bunch of like or like the Reddit, there's a bunch of like people post pictures of the final boss and they're like, you better put a spoiler tag on that thing. (laughs) (laughs) What a deal. Well, I'm glad that we are are filtering out that spoiler tag and having you. Yeah, well, the spoiler is that I am the final boss. And they're like, (laughs) what the hell is this guy? Why is he the final boss in this game that we've never seen? Some generic, thin, balding white guy. There he is. It was the MIA will has transformed into Woody. Yeah. We so like I don't know if this is pulling back the crowd dynamics too much, but was he like literally like I don't want to talk about this game, so I'm not going to be on the podcast. <laughs> Will's like, reaction was uh, he opened up the game, played it for maybe five minutes, and was like, I can't do this. I don't know. Like I think I think he has such an allergic reaction to games that aren't turn based that. But he liked Hades a lot. Like I think, I, no, I think, I think it's, he hates platformers. Okay. I think he just categorically hates platformers. And also, since we knew you were going to have, we were having you as a guest, it was like, eh, five's a crowd. Uh, Right. He doesn't feel quite so bad skipping out. No, no, that that is fair. It it is just surprising because it's like, I kind of, I I don't know if we said, you said it, but we're talking about dead cells. Um, Yeah. But, oh, wait, did we say it? I don't know. We didn't because I have my, I have my little zinger line here in the Google Doc. Oh, wait, rewind it, rewind it. Put the spoiler tag over what I just said. Take that out. Let's take the elevator about beep. And now you say what you have to say. Okay, excellent. Yes, we'll be we'll edit all of this out in post. I like Don't the way I come and guest on your podcast, and I'm like, now you talk, Scott. <laughs> That's why people tune in is to hear me get interrupted all the time. Uh, so uh, gather around. That is the host's job on all podcasts <laughs> is to be the person who gets consistently interrupted. Yeah. So I I am the Conan O'Brien, and you are the the guy on the couch whose name I'm spacing on. Who comes? Only I may pod. <laughs> <laughs> the guy uh, what andy uh oh andy yeah 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 yes. yeah andy richter yes yeah, that's, that's the one max weinberg um, also max weinberg seven not not watching at home um scott did a very nice little conan o'brien dance there <laughs> so <laughs> yes. yeah 
We'll we'll gather around the Grog's giving table, everyone. Grab a seat and grab a drumstick and heal that 50% health for our surprise title game of today is Dead Cells. Shock Hooray! Release, I always think uh... it's weird, like with podcasts, uh, they they always take a little bit to the to the conversation of like who is the guest and what mm. are we actually talking about, <laughs> even though it says both of those things in the title of the episode. That's true. Yeah. I I feel like there needs to be a function in like your podcast catcher where you can just like spoiler alert on title of episode so you don't know what game they're talking about or who the guest is until it actually starts i mean i also could just say dead cells uh with mr x and then people are like oh i have to find out who mr x is and then he comes bursting through their walls and like uppercuts them resident evil uh dead cells anyway different game (laughs) uh this is our this is a 2018 release released august 6th 2018 this is our only 2018 game that we played thus far in our catalog spanning from 2011 to this year uh we somehow spaced on a game from 2018 but i think we landed on a slam dunk of one uh dead cells is one of those games that you can literally find anywhere pc playstation xbox switch and i literally mean anywhere because it's on ios and android uh if you have the quick enough thumbs to play it i think Uh, you even get it for free on your phone if you have a netflix account Like, like Netflix, they're making a show based on Dead Cells. And so they're like, oh, let's give a copy of Dead Cells to all our subscribers. So Uh, wait, how do you play Dead Cells on your phone? You know, guys, I'm just going to say, I think that this is what separates us from the younger generation. (laughs) Like every every generation has a thing where they're like, how do you do this? And I think it might be playing Dead Cells on your phone. Specifically the great cultural divide. Yeah. I think there's something about uh, Hades coming to to mobile phones at some point soon also. And I remember reading similar like old man criticism of like, how could you young youngins play it on your phone? And then someone was commenting of like, well, you haven't seen my niece or nephew like like do all like the pinch zooming action. And like PUBG is supposedly like way bigger on mobile than it is on on PC. I always said I'd be the cool old guy who didn't say, but... (laughs) Uh, I, found, I guess I found my issue. Like, it, no, it can't possibly be as good on a phone as it is on my giant widescreen monitor next to my 20 pound tower PC. Got to have that monolith of a PC. Well, with something like PUBG, it's like, well, you know, a big part of the world, uh, you know, gaming phones are a bigger deal because easier, more accessible, cheaper to like get a hold of a gaming phone than it is to get a hold of a PC. So <laughs> I understand phone. that with like a shooter. Oh, it's, it's a whole thing. And yeah, uh, depending on, you know, where you are on the globe. But with like oh, dead yeah. cells, I mean, Hades, you don't need that much computing power to, to run it. Anyway, but that's neat. Uh, Good on those folks. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Will wasn't playing this game mm-hmm. on a phone. That would have obviously... <laughs> I'm sure that's what he would have loved. Improved his experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this uh, game came out in 2018. And I think that the company... I mean, you'll probably go into this backstory a little bit. But I think that the company that made this uh, Motion Twin, I think it's called, has one. essentially ridden this game like and just sort of continually release content for it since it's come out and i think they're on like expansion number five or six or something and i think yeah, that... and new stuff came out like this year yeah and like new new cool stuff yeah yeah, yeah. uh motion twin uh based out in bordeaux france I think we've had a few other uh french developed games on this uh on the show neat fact about them they were founded as like an anarchic co-op so that like <laughs> everyone in like their small game dev company was Got the exact same salary, 
totally flat corporate structure. Uh, and I, it worked out good for them. Uh, apparently, they also spun off like a new uh, company from that called Evil Empire, which is like 50 plus people. And that has your kind of standard CEO corporate hellscape uh, hierarchy. Oh no, it. what <laughs> happened? They were living, <laughs> living the dream. If they'd kept that, uh, you know, anarchist structure, maybe I would have bumped up the ranking a bit. Uh, that's interesting. I did not know that. So the original, sorry, the original development team was how many people approximately? I think it's somewhere around like 10 or 12 cool. people. So pretty small. Uh, cool. But, you know, that it's about what you would, I think, expect from like indie, indie title games that have like a decent amount of developer firepower behind it that aren't like solo dev boutique, like weirdo games that you find in weird corners of itch. And um, it's, it, I feel like this game, like I, I can't remember. I think that this game was in early access for like a super duper long time. Um, I think I remember actually like mooching it off of uh, Scott's family sharing for like 20 mm. hours um, before I, the game actually was officially like out of beta. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I will actually buy it now. <laughs> um, but this is like for a game that is, you know, not like an online multiplayer game. This has had sort of a devoted fan base to it all the way since before it was officially released. Um, and I think it goes to show just how much care like the um, development team puts into this game. Yeah, first impressions. I mean, I I played this at PAX 2017 in the okay. indie indie dev like mega booth. They had a, a booth for it and I was strolling around like, oh yeah, let's check out these indie games. Dead cells, you say. <laughs> uh sat down and surprisingly, like not any lines for it. I just like sat down, the you know, the person gave me the controller and I was playing like, whoa, this is this is interesting. Uh because like 2017, like that was kind of a long time ago. Uh, and I could tell like right off the bat, like this has got something special behind it. Um, well, I, I think that like the, the selling points of this game, like sound <laughs> appealing. good pun there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they, they sound appealing, <laughs> but they don't actually make the game stand out in any way. Cause like the keywords on this are like roguelike cell, like dead cells, like, and like, that's kind of what it's built on. And it's like mm. 2d platformer. And there's a lot. I think probably even in 2017, like everyone was kind of writing both the roguelike and the dead cell or and the um not dead cells, Rogue dark Legacy? souls, dark souls. Oh, That's yeah, what I'm trying souls. to say. Yeah. Um, the dark dead, souls, dead train. souls, dead dark cells. Yeah. Ooh. Well, even the title, even the title is just like almost instantly for forgettable. Like I played this game so much that it sticks in my head by now. But like I always had trouble recommending this game to people when I was first getting into it because they were like, "What's that game called?" And I'm like, "Uh." Dead. It's the, uh, you know, it's, it's, dead, uh, it's, the souls, special, it's the special cells. group from uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 with Fat Man, uh, Vamp, and uh, and Fortune. You know, Dead Cell. Praise yeah. the Cell. <laughs> yeah, what well, sounds better, Dead Cell sounds better with like a cool French accent, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, Scott, there's a, there's a little addendum to that, your PAX story. Um, uh, if you wouldn't mind telling us, uh, you know, what a, what a, what a great first impression the game uh, made, uh, when you go to one of these conventions and you're demoing a game, of course, there's like a little sign that'll tell you, you know, please limit your play to such and such amount of time. But yeah, you know, I mean, your like, case. sat down and yeah, usually you're given like five to 10 minutes, like play the game and then make way for the next person in the 10,000 person long line. Uh, but I, you know, 
10 minutes go past and I look around, there's like, there's no one there. And the, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep playing. I must have sat down and played it for like an hour or something. <laughs> and it was just like, I think it was just the, um, like the, the prisoner's quarters level, the very first one that you start in, but it was just like everything about it felt so polished and fluid and yeah. seamless at the time, even that I was like, oh my God, like they're just going to let me keep playing this. Okay. Uh, and then I eventually like got up. So like, I should probably check out some other stuff, but it was like, such like an immediate draw like instantly that i just i knew that like when it came out fully like even on early access i was like yep day one gotta go get it well that's what i think is interesting about this game is usually like when i think about the stereotypes maybe that make up indie gaming i think of things that are built upon like really strong interesting like innovative ideas but sometimes the actual execution or polish of that is lacking and I think that this game is like the total opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, it's 100% like, execution. Yeah, it's like a lot of the mechanics and sort of um, gameplay aspects of this are slightly derivative, um, but like it just feels so unbelievably good to play this game. <laughs> yeah. Like we've kind of jumped a ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, the, coming back to our uh, stats sheet intro before we get off the rails too much. Uh, this uh, Dead Cells rolls in at the number nine most popular uh, roguelike game on Steam with 138,816 total reviews. Uh, Will was correct in skipping this one because number eight is Slay the Spire uh, with a whopping 100 more total reviews. Uh, um, but Woody, you've come across a set of alchemical testing notes in a corner of a dank prison. <laughs> How do they describe this game in one sentence? Um, 2D Dark Souls. There you go. Only needed three words. <laughs> and That's two of them were a record for the Grog Pod, <laughs> I believe. Um, and I, I don't, I guess, I mean, how accurate do you feel like that? that is? Like, I feel like... I think, I think thematically that makes sense, but it almost feels a little on the nose that they released a, a Castlevania, like, full conversion DLC. Because mm -hmm. it feels like Castle, like Castle Souls or Dead Sylvania or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see that. So, yeah, I mean, like, and, and even I was just thinking about this when uh, just playing it before we were recording, like the door opening animation feels very uh, Castlevania Symphony. Symphony Wait, you actually open doors in this game? You don't just roll through them every <laughs> single time? I open exactly one door and it's <laughs> yeah. the door to the beginning when you don't have a weapon. And you have to open that first door. You know, and it's always cool... confusing. I roll into it. And I'm like, wait, oh, right. I have to, I can't just punch my way through it. One of the cruelest things that's in this game is there's a weapon that you're like a power that you have to unlock by going to a special area and then not destroying any doors. Oh no. And like, you just have oh, to, my. and like immediately whenever I go there, I have to be like, wait, stop, <laughs> press X to open door and just like methodically go through. Cause I'm just so used to like rolling and crashing through every door. You'd think it would get boring, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I do want to push back though, against saying it's just 2d, uh, dark souls, because I, I think that there, I, I haven't played that much dark souls in general, but mm -hmm. I think there is a pretty fundamental difference between them um, because if you die in this game, you start over and you start at the beginning of, of the run versus right. Dark Souls. It's like so much of it is, well, I'm going to just fight this same boss like 16 times in a row until I figure mm. out how to like memorize all of its movesets. But that is that is true in this as well. It's just the actual gap between time of when you get 
from the start back to the boss is going to be. But I think that ends up being a fundamental difference because by the time you get back to it, you're doing a different build. You're well, I think in 40 minutes or aesthetically, aesthetically, it's like Dark Souls in the sense that like there's there's um like mutated well like monsters and skeletons and all and like all these weird like creatures that you're running around and bashing and stuff um you're rolling constantly very dark soulsy yes sure uh, and and, and I, yeah I, I think the aesthetic has a sort of fundamental vagueness and mystery to it in the yeah. sense that like you are sort of on this like mysterious island and world that doesn't have a very clear connection to like why you're here or what is going on or who like who the, you the, were the, before everything started yeah exactly and that that's actually kind of the story of this game is like the 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 mood and aesthetics like take a long time to actually develop and like when you just play through on sort of one difficulty none of that stuff gets revealed and you have to play through it like each time you beat it you unlock a new difficulty level and by the time you get to like the final difficulty and beat spoiler boss which is me right um <laughs> You, you're sort of the true nature of uh, is somewhat revealed, but again, similar to like the ending of Elden Ring, it's like okay, like that was kind of revealed, but I still don't really know what's going on. Right, <laughs> that's Which, very intriguing to me as someone who has not beat the game on any difficulty. Yeah, same. It's uh nice to hear that like oh, there's more to come back and play because I've been playing some games recently where it's like yo, you know, I enjoyed the gameplay. I'd like to keep playing it, but yeah. I, there's no motivation for me to do it. So like when devs you know add extra features, extra extra stuff, extra difficulty, um, you know, options well, and whatnot, it's that's great. That's awesome. And this game like really shows the fact that it's they've been working on content for it for like five, six years, because the amount of content that they have put into this game is just so crazy. Like, you know, it, it takes a while to beat the game the first time. Um yeah. and to like continually unlock stuff. But as you go through in that very first like sort of lobby area of the game. There's like one of those view masters that you can put in a coin and it shows you all of these empty canisters and like every single one of those canisters of which there's a couple hundred um, all have a unique weapon or power that you unlock. And then even when you start playing on the higher difficulties and have unlocked most of those, there's still like tons of costumes and stuff to unlock. So they give you enough to justify keeping playing and like, That to me is the heart of this game is like they start like the development process of this, like just makes sense to me of like, this is how I imagine it was. I don't know. But like they started with such like a clean fundamental of like, we're going to make this game feel super good and super satisfying to play. And once we have that baseline down of like the jumping and the running and the parrying and the fighting, all that feels great. We're just going to keep adding stuff on top of that to give you more and more to unlock. Yeah, I mean, I I think that like the, and that tracks with my like initial impression of it at the get go, too. It was like this. It just feels so smooth and solid to play. But yeah, like when that core fundamental is like so well polished, you can add more stuff on top of that. And it's you know just extra good sprinkles and things uh, on top of there. But um, even just like. If if like the um if like the gameplay was mediocre, there's so much other stuff around it that is interesting from a development perspective that is that like we really haven't seen thus far. Like we haven't really seen 
the only other like platformer game that we that we rated reasonably well was Risk of Rain. And that mm-hmm. one like didn't really have this kind of like exploration Metroidvania bit to it where like you run around and like you get some permanent upgrades that allow you different traversal techniques so like climbing walls or like oh there's like a thing here that i can teleport to a different part of the map or i I think the risk of rain is a game that has way more mechanics in it like this is kind of what i realized about dead cells is for all the content in it it doesn't really have that many mechanics like there's not like in risk of rain you can like stack a bunch of items to get like a crit or attack speed build the way you would in like a diablo or something like dead cells doesn't really have like the rpg elements are very light and like you mm. sort of just get whatever the be- whatever weapon is handed to you and you're like i guess i'm using this swift sword and like that's always going to be the same like per run like the swift sword is always going to be the same if you get it in a different run mm-hmm. um whereas something like risk of rain it's like i am very much shooting for like this kind of specific build that i'm working like i i just think that that's a yeah. game where you really have to understand a lot more about it mm-hmm. whereas this um dead cells like most of your success comes just from like memorizing enemy patterns your character fights yeah i think actually that that's I, I, that's where i would agree on that like so much of this game is rolling around and like understanding how the things work and you can basically beat them the same way you, you like slightly adjust how you're playing based off of um like oh i have this melee weapon versus this other one it's like okay it means i'm gonna like pop up and jump on them instead of like face tanking them for a bit but um I, so i i know that i'm gonna end up comparing this game a lot to um hollow knight because that is like my favorite platformer Um, And I think that they do a lot of things similar and a lot of things very different. Um, But the thing that I think that they do similar that I really like, which is why I like both of them, is they feel super, like, crisp uh, in that in both games when you play them, it feels so responsive when you roll around and, like, the inputs are really tight. And it just, when you get in that good flow state, of just like running around and like hopping around and dodging and everything. And that's like, it's such a good feeling. Um, And it is hard to build that into a platformer in a lot of ways. Like, I I think that's where this, this, when we talked about earlier, like this game is execution. It doesn't do anything, any one thing, particularly novelly, but it's, everything that it does is executed super well. And I think that's something something like Hollow Knight is basically just pure execution. And then this just adds uh, all of the randomness of like, hello, you can literally play with the weapon from Hollow Knight or you can play <laughs> with other weapons from other games. You could like, oh, you want to play Castlevania? Like, well, here's Alucard's uh, stuff. So you can play with that too, um, which I... I found delightful when the first time that the the hollow knight nail was unlocked and like oh i like this game and i also like this <laughs> other game and now i play both of them at the same time and uh colin you're talking about like the the, the gameplay flow and ooh, how sweet it mm. is like mm. once you get rolling the game rewards you with meta currency meta progression currency for speed playing quickly but also for getting like a chain of kills without taking damage. And there's a mechanic in which you get like speed boosts and you're seeing, you're you're seeing all these awesome animations going on. There's a special sprint animation. And when you're zipping around, 
bashing enemies and going fast and, and feeling like proficient and good at the game, it like just really clicks and is really awesome. It's very impressive. Now, when you screw that up by accidentally <laughs> doing like a, a, a speed boost jump down right onto some spikes. Oh, oh yeah. Feels that's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when it's feeling good or, Oh man, this game, what do you, what do you guys think about the cursed chests in this game? Like um, the, the, there's, Oh so, yeah. Oh man. I, I, I don't know. I've never really decided how I feel about this. This is like, you, you can unlock um, along your quest, you'll get to curse chests, which you can unlock and will give you a pretty good item and like a stat upgrade. But then you die in one hit until you kill 10, 10 enemies. And I will be having very good runs and I'll be like, I should probably get that curse chest. There might be something great in it. And then I start to get all like, you just get yeah. nervous and you start yeah. playing off and your you, game. You play super and then you, slow. Yeah. And then you do the you lose that flow state and you jump down into some spikes and you die for a stupid reason. You're like, I didn't even need that stat upgrade. And that like, <laughs> you jump into like poison was in water there. and you're just like, Oh, the stupidest way of dying. One tick of damage is all it takes. Yeah, I know. So like, I, I know that's kind of on me because I could just make the choice not to take the cursed chest, but I'm so greedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the pillars of fun as, uh, as described by um, our absent host, Will uh, is, Making those decisions, and that is well, a great love this game, right? Yeah. right? Like, that's a great I, example I of having to make a. Tough... Uh, he, he never opened a, a curse chest. He didn't oh, make it that enough. far. No, no, no. I mean, I, I feel like Dead Cells has a very, um, like, uh, not subversive, but like not obvious form of like really hard decision making that you have to do as you're playing. Where, like, I, I watched a, a few like high level speed runs of it, and oh my god, like they have there's like a a whole science to like the probability states of like the dual scroll drop chances chances and things and i'm just like you know this is the stuff that will would like lose his mind over but that but, i mean like, that becomes true when people get into high levels of any game is people yeah. start exploring that stuff i think it's more i think more of the testament is that this game is good enough to justify people ex exploring those things because like when you yeah. think about games that people have dug so deeply in like super metroid or mario 64 or something like people explore all of these things that are so complicated in smash brothers melee you're like well those were never really part of the game design to begin with <laughs> it's just the game was so much fun that people are like i'm gonna learn everything about this game right there's like right. there's like the super deep end of the spectrum of tactical decision making but there's like a really like just under the surface of like run around whack things decision making of like okay do i want to go on this path or this path or this path. So in your typical run of this game, you know, you'll start, you'll always start in the prisoner's quarters. That's the, the area that you always start in. You'll fight the same like low level monsters and things, um, but you're offered a choice. Like, do you want to go into this biome or that biome? And like, depending on your style of play, like what your, what weapon you picked up, what kind of scrolls of kind of, you know, invisible hand guided you in this sort of play style direction, you could be like, well, maybe I don't want to go to uh, Stilt Village. I mean, who does? Uh, <laughs> or, you know, do I, do I want to, to risk it to go to this other level for like a higher drop chance? If the enemies are in that area are going to have like this kind of style of attacking, does that like, how does that compare with the items that I've picked up thus far? Like, do I expect that I'm going to be able to 
um, build and synergize with the stuff that I've collected in this run in such a way that I'll be able to just like wipe people as I'm going through this level? Or am I going to get totally overwhelmed by going in this biome and then there's like uh, like flying vampire bats that just quickly surround you and eat you in two seconds? You're like, well, mm -hmm. yeah, that was kind of expected because I didn't have the, the way to deal with it. And I picked up that cursed chest super greedily and I didn't have a way to fight them off from a distance. Yeah, the cursed chest choice is definitely like heavily influenced by what weapons do you have do you have some traps that you can like fling out there and just like slowly pick off exactly 10 enemies and then go back to your normal play style or and that, that kind of like the the furthest i like there was some i i know i told uh scott and andrew about like some some ways in at, at some point i got like twice as far as i'd gotten before and it was like all this perfect synergies and like throwing out uh traps and stuff and like your play style can be pretty heavily influenced by what you ended up getting and what you uh, like traps and uh your your skill items can very heavily influence your play style um how aggressive you are in it uh well, so the like, thing that is yeah i mean to piggyback on that i want i want to talk about sort of the rpg stat mechanics of this game because that's the thing that I maybe have the biggest issue with, but is also the thing that sort of is the most unique about this game. Um, because like what Colin was saying is the items that you get sort of dictate your play style. Basically, there are three colors of stats. Um, red is your sort of melee brutality um, that has a lot of swords and sort of like lifesteal or um, elemental mechanics. Um, blue is tactics, which has traps and lots of bows and more ranged weapons. And then green is um, survival, which like has a lot of like parry and attack and then get an attack bonus back, things like that. Um, but certain weapons only have certain colors associated with them. And like they only scale with those colors. So like if you get sort of this, the, the bleeding sword, um, but you're you only that will only increase in damage if you're building up your red brutality stats. And the thing that so that always I feel a little weird about, because if you decide the way you build up stats, the best is because it's, you know, the best offense is a good offense in this game. <laughs> Yeah. The best defense is a good offense. Kill them um, and quickly. So, Kill them first. And yeah, you don't exactly. Have to worry about defense. And the way to do that is to just only take the same color whenever you yeah. can. Um, because right, like because it's exponentially uh, scaling, and it's like yeah, like, exactly. The plus fifteen percent adds on to the previous plus fifteen percent. So if you decide not the case, whatever scroll you essentially decide to get first is like, all right, I am committed to going this color for the rest of the game which severely limits your options of build. And I always kind of wish that it'd be like, okay, I'd like to build green so I have access to some of these mutations and different abilities, but then it means most bows that I can't, that I find, I don't get to use. And that's balanced a little bit by having colorless or legendary items, which scale with any sort of, um, which scale with whatever your highest color is. But it's just something that has always been a little bit of a sticking point for me. But I think like that is part of this game is I think that this game sacrifices a little bit of build customization and flexibility to be like super fast paced and clear. Because like once you know that you're like, oh, I'm just picking red every time, it takes you a split second to like get one of those scrolls and just select red. You don't have to like think right. about what stat do I want to build up. There, you, you come across a random purple weapon. You're like, well, this is not red. So therefore it's dead to me. Yes, uh... exactly better dead than red yeah i think like 
the there's like a weird push pull for um like being able to to go into a run of a rogue style game with like a specific play style in mind versus the game kind of dictating to you no actually this is the play style that you're going to to deal with like how are you going to react to it and i think that like risk of rain does this in sort of two different ways where like one is um, the standard way when you first pick it up is like all the items are, are random and like you don't really have a choice as to what item that you get sometimes right. there's like a, a pick three or pick one out of the three selection but um there is there is like a special artifact that you can unlock and that is like oh well now you can actually pick what you want and like then it becomes very much like a build order game and hades is like a different style of that where it's like okay well maybe like i'll pick this weapon to start with and that will sort of guide my play style and like the other stuff around it will augment that play style but dead cells is also very different in the sense of like you know it's more on kind of like the pick three or pick one out of three because there's so many uh shopkeepers in this game right matter yeah, you have to make you basically make your decision like within the first because the harder difficulty you play the more and more important it is to just stick mm -hmm. with one color because you need all that all the damage you can get and so you basically make the decision of the play style that you're going to do at, before you even start your run and like scott said there's going to be plenty of shopkeepers that will give you weapons of the color that you yeah no matter how dank and uh, remote in a cemetery you find yourself, there's always going to be a fun little shopkeeper with their neat little tunes hiding out down there to give you some some wares to buy. But I think like it's almost, for me anyway, uh, dictated by what legendary items you get. Because the last yeah. couple runs that I did, I I just beat my, I just finally crossed the zero BC win threshold a couple hours before i hit that record button nice. uh and like i got real close last night again with legendary items because as you're running through the game you'll eventually come across some uh like gl glowing yellow orbs that are attached to some enemies nearby you kill them and then oh you can unlock this this item that's like you know it has an item you know name and then like a level and then a dash l on it for legendary it's a, a weird kind of like scaling point system of like oh it's, you know you it may be like a level three cleaver but it's a dash l and it has all these other affixes to it that make it crazy good it's it, it's very it's very diablo um in terms of like the legendary items all have like a sort of affix that is unique to that legendary weapon and so like all legendary scissors you get have the same bonus affect but it's only on legends mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah and i felt like the the times previous where i was like okay i'm I'm gonna try to build around some items that i got and uh i foolishly stuck to to some that were like kind of lowish level like mm. le level four and five for like the final boss didn't do so hot yeah i have like an ice bow three dash l here and i was like what was i thinking um, ice bow is a trap against bosses <laughs> it doesn't do anything <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh but i had this really excellent synergy with like a root grenade that would like root enemies and a, this legendary cleaver skill that would like throw these buzz saws out and do like 75 percent more damage to rooted enemies so bam bam like synergized like that and it was just melting dudes and i beat nice. the uh the final handed the king boss in like three seconds and i was like okay there <laughs> you go um uh, but like finding yeah, yeah. i feel like that kind of element of like finding um, you're right that like you have to sort of build in one color direction, but I don't think it necessarily like limits you specifically to, like, oh, I got to play with this one item because um, you can upgrade. You can kind of upgrade the items as you go along a little bit. 
But I think as as you um, unlock permanent abilities, like with shopkeeps to say like, oh, now I can re-roll the items in the shop until I get something that kind of fits my build a little better. That'll help carry me a little further. One of the yeah. things that's this game is a lot like Enter the Gungeon in the sense that it's also a game I've played like 200 hours of. Um, but I think that they are kind of similar in the way that they both had a lot of content released after I had already played through. Um, sorry, I'm getting an important phone call. Um, it will be picked up. Okay. Um, they both had a lot of content that was released after I had played through the early stages of the game. And so it's like, I didn't really get to, I only experienced like, I think they've gotten more generous with the legendary and the colorless items since mm. the game was initially released. And so I've only seen those though on the higher cell difficulties, which is where I play. Cause it's always been this weird thing of like, Dead Cells has gone through so many times of releasing a new expansion that like totally changes the game and adds like a whole extra boss and tons of extra items. And I'm like, do I want to like erase my save and start start something new and lose mm. all of that other content? Because it's always weird when you've unlocked like 80% of the game and then they like kind of move the goalposts and be like, oh, here's new content too that already... So it, it becomes confusing in terms of like what parts have been added after the mm. fact. Yeah, and or like, like sometimes have you gotten the you you did not get the same new player experience that I got exactly like, exactly and I, mean, I have I have gotten many legendary weapons and I have not yet beaten the final boss despite right. putting and, you know eighteen hours in which is like a reasonable amount of time to have played a video game yeah you'll you'll do it Colin I got I will I I, it, it I almost comes together. I got pretty darn close last night, I think. Uh, oh, and yeah. there, uh, there are some accessibility options in here to make the game a little easier, if you want. Uh, I will oh, say, Scott, Scott gonna, when it comes gonna... to this game, uh, Scott Berger has been really <laughs> singeing us, uh, really roasted us pretty hard. I was complaining in our, our private Discord uh, communications about uh, Stilt Town, which is like this pirate-themed uh you know dare i dare i uh, you know compare it to blight town maybe uh, is that what it's called from dark souls and yeah. i was complaining about all oh, these they got these enemies we've got they're like these big pirate blackbeard looking dudes with cannons and the cannon explodes into a billion different pieces of explosive and then there's these heat sinking like uh i don't know what you call them like uh these blood sucking like slugs that fly around and anyway after my big long jag uh scott berger who is a very nice fellow he's a gentleman and a scholar just responds <laughs> with uh, more like tilt town am i right hey oh and that's pretty good I, scott after that's that i was good. like okay well i, I can't let stilt town get me down i need to i need to get back on it right i did away. have a really bad tilt so thanks town for pushing moment. me to, to to play harder <laughs> my, my my tilt town moment very recently on this last run that i did was like all right i'm gonna play very carefully i'm gonna like do the the no hit like 60 like kill 60 enemies to get like the extra extra benefits at the end of the level thing i'm like okay yeah got it. i've got like really good flow going here i get to stilt town i'm like it's gonna be no problem i got all these weapons here that are just gonna melt dudes cannonball guy comes right around the corner just blam right in the face i'm just like i had to pause the game and just go really okay <laughs> tilt town it is then isn't it <laughs> tilt town is i mean the nice thing about this and roguelikes in general especially when you're like i don't know still at the beginning which is to say 18 hours in right. like there's still like a ton of stuff to unlock and like as long to me, as long as I'm playing a roguelike and I feel like I'm getting better at the game and there is more stuff to unlock, I don't care how often I die. Like yeah. I am happy to keep sort of doing run after run and I get initially frustrated. But I mean, full disclosure, like I, I 
I beat this game on five cells eventually, which is the hardest difficulty, but I turned on those accessibility options because one of the options is like respawn at the, the, you know, the biome that you died. And like, it is hard to get to the last biome <laughs> on full difficulty. And then the boss there is like a three stage son of a bitch. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to play through this, you know, 40 minute run where I am, you know, not super likely to get back to the final boss and then this instantly die on him. Yeah, so I just train turn... the last boss before you. Yeah. You, it, yeah. When especially because by that point in the game, like I was not unlocking new content. So it just became beating my head against, you know, the same levels over and over. And so like once I finally, you know, beat him with those accessibility options on, I verily very happy to set down this game. I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, I wish there was more content I could keep playing. It definitely like reached the threshold where I'm like, that got hard enough. <laughs> I'm happy that I put 200 hours into it and I'm also happy to be done. Yeah. And I think one of the the, the the things in favor of this game, one of the, like the, the true selling points is that you could play it through for 200 hours and have fun. But I yep. was also having fun like 10 minutes in already yep. being like, oh, this is a good game. I didn't buy it some years ago because I looked at it. I was like, I don't know. The graphic style doesn't look weird or like great. It doesn't look like it has anything crazy novel. And I like mm -hmm. just set aside, like I had heard about it for a while, but like 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, I'm going to play this game a lot because it just feels good. And you continue unlocking things and continuing to feel good for many hours later. Like Man, many hours. I'm going to a... continue playing this game after we're done with this podcast, which isn't true of all of the games we reviewed. <laughs> hey, and that's that's an excellent mark of quality. I I've uh yeah, I think similarly definitely gonna continue to play it. Um I, and I had a very similar experience. Like I was aware of Dead Cells for a very long time. It was one of those games, is there a term for this? The game that you just keep in your Steam wish list for years oh. and you just ignore the sale every time? Yeah, eh, there, there really should be a term for it. You're right. Eh, eh, maybe it's a, yeah, I don't know, a dead sale. I don't know. Anyway, so I, <laughs> yeah, and eventually it got so bad that I just removed it from my wish. And, and a similar experience, like I, I would glance at it and be like, generic, surely it's overrated, yeah. surely... Uh, you know, I, surely I know better having not ever actually sat down and tried <laughs> to play the game. Um, but uh, th that and maybe kind of divisive. Uh, what what do uh, what does everyone think of? We were, we were talking about aesthetics earlier. What do we think of the character design of our protagonist, the Dead mediocre. Cell, Mister Mister Dead Cell? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with Colin. I think mediocre is a is a fair thing. Like I like the way this game looks because it's for all like sort of the darkness that's going on in the story, like it's not murky the way like a Dark Souls is. Like it's very colorful and like kind of cartoony and friendly, but like the actual protagonist and characters in this game, I don't find very interesting at all. Right. Like, How which, would we yeah, describe like, it to someone who's never played it? Maybe uh, sort of a, yeah. a steampunk ninja, but instead of having a head, there's just sort of a floating moat of flame and not a cool moat of flame like, oh, say, like, you know, Ghost Rider or right. the Headless Horseman, <laughs> but like this weird pixelated little thing. And I was the first like couple hours, not even a couple hours, I'd say the first several hours, dare I say it, six, seven hours I spent looking for alternate skins. I'm like, surely there's got to be one with a head. And I was playing as Santa Claus for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, this kind of works. He has like a hat or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm banging on it too much, but I'm glad to hear that I'm not totally off base. People kind of agree. That, so. No, I, I think that that is the part of this game that I think 
is not bad, but I think it's probably the weakest section of this game is this game wants to kind of supply you with like lore and kind of make you care about the story here. But like none of those aspects really stand out. And when I think of like the two roguelikes that I've played the most, which is Dead Cells and Enter the Gungeon, like Enter the Gungeon to me has much more of like a sense of humor and like sort of world and lore and weapons that I find much more funny and charming and appealing. And it's not like I, yeah, whereas Dead Cells, I'm like, yeah, you're in a fantasy world full of like zombies and muck. There's nothing in it that screams <laughs> like this is this is funny or goofy or particularly charming. Yeah, and Even a lot of the... that's why I found it puzzling that they opted for the uh, like Final Fantasy VII cloud character trait of the main character just kind of shrugs at everything. Yeah, I like, like I don't know, it doesn't quite work in this I, I, situation. I felt like a lot of the humor of it was just like, ah, reference. Yeah. Look, I, look, yeah. it's a thing that you've heard of. I, and I'm not totally sure how Gungeon is able to get away with it, and maybe because it's just a shooting game, and I like shooting games. But I feel like um, Gungeon's puns. Puns, which are puns, the highest yeah. form of humor. <laughs> well, no, but also, like, pardon me, I meant with specifically with, like, references to other media mm -hmm. and other material. I guess it's because, like, that is one of the like central conceits, like right out of the gate. It's like enter the gungeon. You're going to be encountering gu guns from all over the place, whatever. And then whereas dead, dead cells, I, I almost call it dead space. Great name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Again, it, cells... all, it all blends together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dead cells is like, it does. It feels out of place. Every time I encounter a reference to another indie game of which there You're are like, so many. Why, yeah. why is there the hotline Miami baseball bat? And why is it the best weapon in the game? There's a whole <laughs> like room <laughs> devoted to the, yeah. The hotline like Miami. I enjoy playing with the weapons. And I, it's like, it's fun that they're there, but it, it, it definitely rides real close to that line of like, eh, okay, fine references, fine. Like, I, it's not it's not it making it better or worse. It's just adding variety. And yeah. luckily for them, it's a really good game to play. It feels good to play. So having more variety makes it also still feel good to play with that variety. But like, if this game was slightly worse, I think it would go downhill very quickly. It'd just be like, yeah. oh, it's both generic and has no sense of soul in some ways. Like, it feels like it's just trying to borrow the soul of a lot of other games yeah. for its aesthetics and sense of humor and stuff, um, which is not its strong point. Um, but it's yeah. also fun that, like, like they could have just taken the, the weapon from Hollow Knight or the weapon from Hyper Light Drifter and, like, made it the same like mechanics and be like oh this is obviously a hollow knight ripoff but it's like instead they're like oh no it's just obviously a hollow knight ripoff like we're not gonna we're not gonna like pretend that it's not and like, oh, okay well in some ways i respect that like yeah sure. this is just literally the hollow knight weapon we're not gonna pretend it's not and I don't have too much of an issue with that. I guess like the whole like fanfare of like in order to get the Hotline Miami bat, it's like you have to go into a Hotline Miami room that is like bedazzled sure. with all this. It's like, I don't know. I feel like once you, you know, once once you had to like put the whole art department on adding a reference to a game, <laughs> it's like that's a little that's maybe a little too much. Like and spend, all that, spend a lunch break on it and uh, call it a day. I don't, this is all this stuff that you guys are talking about in terms of like um, references to other games and stuff. This all came like, I think, much later. Sure. In, like this sense. was yeah. not part of the initial like development of this game. Like and and also to be clear, like there are a lot of references to other games. There might be like 15 weapons that you get from other games, but there's like. 200 weapons that yeah. are like 
unique to this game. So it's not it's yeah. not a huge portion. Those are just the ones I, that sort of all good stand points. out the most. I think though like, they do front load them, which is something you probably did not experience. Like they front load the the other game references mm. as far as I can tell. That's probably yeah. I mean, not that this is an excuse, but that's probably because they were kind of shoehorned in the game after the fact to be like, okay, we can add this weapon. And yeah. so like let's put it somewhere early because we want people who've played the game for a long time to, to actually encounter to see it. Sure. Yeah. Can can you imagine someone who's never played Hotline Miami play playing oh this is my first ever video game. I'm gonna pick up dead cells. What the heck is this like weird TV room in here doing and I'm picking up a phone and I mean there are definitely a couple of them that I'm like I don't know if this is a reference to something or not. Yeah. Like there's, I'm there's sure just, it is, but mm. I don't know. There's just a lot of like like lore rooms, L O R E, which I eventually turned off in the options menu because you just mm. go in it. You and can like, turn it off. Yeah, you can oh, turn it off because yeah. there's often nothing very useful cool. in them. And like they're like, oh, there's a bunch of old diaries from the alchemist who used to live here. And you're like, great. That helps me <laughs> not at all. And then when you actually sort of get to that um final reveal of like here is the ultimate villain, it was not it was not particularly exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was I pretty guess... wild how they revealed that uh, the protagonist actually cut his own head off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was part of a, a devious plot. I hope that's not actually like real. <laughs> that's, uh, that's made <laughs> it's, up. It's um, it's not far off. I'll oh, say oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so so Woody, I guess like I only just like beat quote unquote beat the game sure. the first time like a few hours ago and. One of the like principal draws of Dead Cells is like, all right, you've zero boss cells, you've beaten the tutorial. Congratulations. Right. Now well, you're ready the for the real game. It's the same as Hades. I mean, it's the same aesthetic. I mean, when you would you consider that when you go and escape the underworld and beat Hades for the first time, like the game is beaten? Like I I certainly wouldn't because no, right. like there's you're a huge amount the of more half content. Of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I, but in in Hades, there's like there's a a drive to explore that narrative more like yeah. once you've once you've done that sure. with dead cells i mean obviously narrative light that's not what we're coming here for really specifically but like we're coming here for like oh okay i've beaten the game now i'm on one boss cell like i was i was kind of expecting like ah oh, yeah it's just going to be the same but maybe a little more difficult but uh because i think rise of the giant dlc is free now like mm. You so you go through like the oh, end credit it? sequence. You get some like nice lore drop stuff. And you're like, okay, like this maybe I could be convinced to to try another run here. That was pretty satisfying. Um, but you you can unlock like Colin and Andrew. You've probably seen some of these doors throughout your plays that have like little like circles, like one, two, three, or four circles on them. That you're like, hmm, I wonder what's behind that door. And those are things that you open up on higher boss cell difficulties, right, right Woody? And they like, are. Is there... um, I mean, no, I'm going to head off your question here to say there's nothing that exciting behind them. <laughs> I will say, like, when you play it on one cell difficulty or zero, zero cell difficulty, you've essentially seen the whole game. Yeah. Like, you, the, the game is not going to, like, have some big reveal at like three, you know, when you open a three cell door, that's like, whoa, this is a whole new sort of biome or level that I'd never seen or this whole other mechanic. Um, but the game just like scales super, super well. Like it's weird. And this is the case with Gungeon or like many other roguelikes is like you'll be bashing your head against like, z- you know, the base level difficulty for 20 hours. And then you sort of keep putting cells into like that meta progression to unlock like have most of your weapon drops be higher level. And then you go back and like 
when I play at zero cell difficulty in this game, it's essentially a joke. And because like, <laughs> not because like I'm particularly great at this game, but just because like the I've unlocked so many weapons and like the, they all drop a pretty high quality. And like, I just have a good feel for like how things synergize at this point. And so like, it feels like I'm barely taking any damage, like even when enemies hit me, um, because at higher cell difficulties, mostly dudes just kill you way faster and it becomes way more important to just avoid damage. And so like, I think that this game really just does a great job of always feeling like it's at the right level of difficulty, except like I said, when I got to the final boss on five, five cells, like no more of this. Um, <laughs> but most of the time it stays at a pretty satisfying level of difficulty. And you can, I think you can play this game and get to two or three cells and just happily be like, all right, I've seen enough of this. It's starting to get frustrating. And there's a ton of different final bosses as part of all the DLC. There's a there's a queen final boss who has like these minions who trace you up this treehouse and those guys that is that is quite the boss fight and quite mm. the experience that is that is worth trying. Um, but yeah, I think that there are plenty of ways to play this game and for a game that costs less than twenty dollars probably mm. with all the DLC at this point or like somewhere around close to it, you're gonna get your money's worth even if you like only beat it on like the default. Right, and by sixteen the time you get dollars to, like, for everything sale. on sale right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Nice. Uh, I could have fired up on my phone. Maybe, uh, <laughs> or maybe on, my, not. on my way back, Some I'm out and things. about. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and and uh, I mean, uh, and and to reiterate, you know, once uh, what do you, you know, once you've gotten to you know two cells, three cells, whatever, and it's like, well, I've kind of seen everything. It's like you're at sixty hours plus. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you've exactly. gotten your money's worth. Absolutely, like that's that's fantastic. Um, Indeed, good stuff. Uh, so uh, this game takes a lot of notes from you know Metroid and Castlevania, and it is uh, right. People people call it a Metroidvania, right? Sure. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, um, it's a, I, it's a little more that way at the start of it because yes. there are a couple aspects of like runes that you can get that allow you to like do the ground stomp or do like a wall to wall wall climb. Indeed, um, which the progression allow you to items. Yeah, exactly. Which allow you to sort of progress to different biomes that you never mm -hmm. seen, which I think is a good way to actually lead you into the game. Because the first time you play this game, there's kind of only one path that you go and go on because you can't get to the some of the other exit. Um, and so it does a good job sort of giving you um, the easier levels before it starts barraging you with a bunch of options. But mm -hmm. once you get those like initial five or six runes, um, like that no longer becomes a facet of the game. And then it's not really a Metroidvania anymore at that point because there's no backtracking. Like, indeed, indeed. I guess I, I did want to, uh, I don't know, discuss that aspect of it a little bit that I appreciated the way that it handles those upgrades, which I, I'm not sure if there's a, a, a you know an official Metroidvania term for this, but it's like, you know, oh, uh, you know, you can't get through this part of the map because you can't reach a particular jump, but then you unlock the ability to double jump, for example, and then you're exploring more of that. It's been my experience that in, uh, in well, Castlevania games specifically, like finding those upgrades, wasn't like exciting. Like it is in dead cells. <laughs> it was kind of a pain in the butt. It's like, Oh no, I have an ability. Now I have like, you know, the, the werewolf's pogo stick. So now I need to try to remember, like, where in the map did I see that random spot that I didn't understand earlier? And then I'd yeah. have to, like, waste a bunch of time and inevitably go into a wiki, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's less of an issue with, like, I don't know. Yeah. Symphony of the Night. But anyway, so the way it's handled in this game, it's like it felt a little more, uh, yeah, it felt good to get those upgrades. And then also it just sort of 
at no point when I was playing the game did I feel like, oh, I am I'm gonna hit any dead end. There's no it like dead like ends or stop signs. It feels like, like a smart way to um to like gatekeep some of like the weirder levels where like, oh, in order to get to this level where you have to stay by the lanterns, you know, you have to make awesome sure mechanic. You... Oh, I love that. Well explained. <laughs> Definitely yeah, didn't yeah, that, die. That real. Let's, and get let's mad. hold Hold off there. I have a couple of strong criticisms that I'm waiting <laughs> to start levying against this game. It's not so anyway. All this roses. game is super great because no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to get into it right now. Um, I think that the the lack of backtracking in this game is excellent. The way that they do the portals to teleport, mm. uh, very right. good. So yes. good. Like running through levels that you've already or like platforms that you've already beaten all the bad guys in. Not particularly interesting. Being able to just like run through something and teleport back, like alleviates so much of that. Like, uh, should I go? Which should I go left or right? Like, well, I have to try and choose the one that I know dead ends first, so that when I backtrack, then I go down the main item. It's like because I I have that analysis paralysis in all video games where like I need to see everything in this level, and this is like, well, uh, if you go down one and it's the wrong choice. You just teleport to the other one, see it, and then go back. And what I eventually did, too, with the accessibility options, one of those is, like, start with the map reveal. Because, oh. like, basically, and it just shows you the whole map. Because basically what you want to do, there's no, like, this game incentivizes you to go fast by, like, unlocking um, a special door that gives you a good weapon. But, like, there's nothing like Risk of Rain where, like, the longer you go, the harder the game gets or something. So basically your one goal is, like, every biome you want to make sure you get every scroll that's there and yeah. so eventually i just got sick of like perusing for every scroll and it's like by having the map unlocked at the start i can just go right there yeah i think that's probably pretty sweet because i mean the while it, though it is done very well the procedural generation layout of the maps um navigating the maps is is, is interesting but it's not a, a huge it's not like a, a starring feature i guess right. So. Well, navigating again, is you... not exciting it's the fighting the things while you're navigating that's exciting yeah. And once you put in like an egregious amount of time in this game and you've walked through, you know, the forgotten sepulcher like a whole bunch of times, you just kind of get. Yeah, you're ready to forget it. I just. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you just are ready to move on to the next part that, like Colin said, is the exciting part of fighting enemies. Well, good on the devs for including such reasonable. Yeah, I mean, this game just has an absurd amount of content that has been added after the fact, like. There's a custom mode that allows you to just do a whole bunch of like weird cheating things. We can like have every weapon that drops be legendary as like a fun way to explore <laughs> the different mechanics. There's a thing that like gives you no, you can just enable like having no cooldowns on any of your grenades. And you're like, oh, this just breaks oh the God. game. But it's just sort of built in as an option to sort of mess around with. Um, yeah, I think that this game does a really good job of appreciating that Everyone has a different tolerance for frustration and everyone, um, you know, wants to play the game the way that they want to play the game. And like this game does a very good job enabling that. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather than like downloading weird mods to do it, yeah. you just can <laughs> click a button and thing. Be like, oh, you're not going to get the achievements for it, but we don't care. Go yep. for it. Go nuts. You've already given us your money. We don't care how you play <laughs> our game. Yeah. Uh, well, is it time to start levying criticism? Because I have yeah, one. I, I feel like that should be like, a, you guys need like a little sound stinger for <laughs> Colin's like, time to levy some criticisms. And you're like, All right. criticism well, levy. Do, 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 do. I feel Absolutely. like we've only been saying good <laughs> things. So yeah. I do want to like, this is probably something that you, Woody, 
can no longer empathize with because you've played 200 hours but sure this game is very bad at explaining how it works mm, okay it does not tell you how its mechanics function i learned like 15 minutes before we started this podcast how parrying shields work which is one third of the the items you have to tap to parry if you tap and hold it doesn't parry very well Mm. It, like it just blocks it just blocks yeah. and you don't parry and so i was just like i don't know how to parry i'm just going to ignore one third of the items in this game sure because they don't feel fun and it's because they never explain to you how that system works i only found out because i was like i wonder what that weird number is next to the shields is that like why does it have a thing that lets you that's like the, the crit thing They're like oh by the way also shields do damage <laughs> like what <laughs> they never explain that um, and then, like, uh, yesterday or the day before, the Forgotten Sepulchre, sep- sepulchre that level with the lights and stuff in it, um, I was just, like, standing there. I was like, oh, and I just randomly died. Yeah, my health is going down at an alarming rate. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> why did I die? I had I was, like, searching the internet. I'm like, is there, like, some sort of weird, like, if my trap was shooting at some enemy. Is there some enemy that, like, interacts with traps to hurt you? And it's like, oh, no. I needed Scott and Andrew to tell me like uh, that the light, if you're outside of the light for a while, it starts doing damage to you. It's like, it does not, it does that, not tell that is, you that. That is true. And that, that feels especially bad in like a roguelike game where you're like, oh, I made it to this level I've never been to. How yeah. exciting. I'm farther than I've ever been. And then you die for random crap and you're like, I don't know what that was because this was a new level with a new mechanic. Yeah. So I, 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 feel, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of this game it doesn't do a good job of explaining it, how it works. And then if you're like, okay, I need to go look at the Wikipedia or the, the wiki to, to do it. It's like, there is an overwhelming amount of content on it. So you get bogged down looking at like every single weapon thing. It's like, oh, is sure. there something weird with these weapons? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, I forgot to ever look up just like how does... Basic mechanics. Yeah. like <laughs> or, or even the thing like, how much damage does a crit do? I thought that it, it, so when it shows you the weapon value, it says like 111 in white text. And then next to it, it has a little yellow text with in parentheses. And then it says DPS. I thought that the yellow text was the DPS. It's not all of its DPS. The yellow value is the crit DPS. Like it doesn't explain really? that. Andrew's finding out Whoops. this right now. Like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't explain and like, you basically have to go to the wiki to learn how like core mechanics of the game works, which is very, as we've I mean, done that's, this podcast. That's very, that's very dark cells of it. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> dark don't souls, like, sorry. I, I don't like that. No, me neither. Um, and especially as we've gotten further into this podcast, I've become less forgiving of that kind of stuff. Like it, your game, you should not have to use the internet to, to understand how the game you're playing works. It should, it, it might, maybe you have to go like read the encyclopedia, but you should be able to figure out how everything in the game works within the game. You know what this game is missing? I started up a fresh file speed or um, uh, save just to like make sure like, oh, well, like what if someone's listening to this podcast? They've never played Dead Cells before. What's their first player experience? Uh, like you first start the game and you have like this helpful little night person who's like, welcome to Dead Cells this way, please. <laughs> And like you have these very standard kind of sword and board weapons to start off with. I feel like that should have 
done that tutorializing maybe a little better. There is like a thing, I think, I don't know if you have to unlock this, but there is like a little training ground that you can play in to be like, all right, like set the enemy types and just run around and bash them. And like, I don't know if you take damage or anything, but uh, it's very much like a sandbox, but like it's, it's worth calling out when games do tutorialization well, especially in this type of genre. And I don't think there's really any tutorial for this game other than you know, you start, you, you're you a goo that unceremoniously just plops on the ground and absorbs into a, someone's decapitated body <laughs> uh, and then have fun. You're on your own, like set off into this world to to explore it kind of a deal. So yeah, there is and like for your first run, you don't need it. But yeah. like the fact that there's not a thing that you can go back and be like, OK, now I want the real tutorial. Yeah. Um, the thing that that like I spent 25 hours without realizing this and this like dead cell dead dead heads will be listening and be like what <laughs> do these people even play this game like I played 25 hours with trying to like get the scrolls to balance out the power numbers instead of focusing all on one. Oh uh, well no again you would think that's you know th yeah the, the different stat scrolls that you're talking about that would be a very common mistake is because basically the scrolls color that you have the least of gives you the most health bonus. Yeah. And so you kind of assume like oh if I want to build like with the most health I should get the biggest variety of scroll colors and it used to I kind of feel like it used to be more that way they've kind of fine-tune the way the stat mechanics work in this um for a long time and now it is very much just like get all the same color but yeah just like you said like the yeah. game doesn't tell you that you basically have to go on reddit and then post a <laughs> screenshot and everyone will tell you what the hell are you doing get all yeah. the same colors <laughs> the other well, thing I that like... i'm i don't know like i'm still also kind of like wishy-washy on like the the item tiering system where it's like oh yeah. i got like buzzsaw buzzsaw iii plus plus is that better yeah. than ivs or frankly i've played 200 hours of this game i don't even i don't even really understand that i wish that that was not so confusing i wish they just kept it's actually very numbers. very simple if you go read the wiki uh oh, well, of course yeah. h plus is uh the equivalent of two extra levels so plus well, why don't they just the... add more levels to it why don't you just make the number <laughs> higher like yeah I don't know. So, but, but, but like literally it's, so if you have like a three plus, that's the equivalent of a five, like yeah. it literally in the back end of the game just adds two more to it. So like an L the legendary version is plus eight. So a three L is equivalent to like an 11. Also, why do they go plus plus L instead of just like B A L I don't know, or B A S yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. Plus, now, plus, plus, S, let's, you L. know, for all for all those deadheads, uh, for you know, or for anyone who's like a friend of a friend of one of the devs, like you know, let's be clear, like the fact that we're having such nitpicky, pedantic complaints is a great sign for how fantastic the core gameplay is. Like you know, we've got left to talk about that uh, aside from like the the <laughs> the naming conventions. Sure, uh, but yeah, I didn't even get into the minutia of that. It is. Kind of silly, though I will admit, and I, I tend to agree that like the communication of stuff is not is not great. The shield stuff, like yeah, uh, I'll to, I'll to try to do more parrying. Like I I thought it was I thought I didn't realize that there was a difference between tapping and thing. Yeah, I've done all the of timing. 15, I've done definitely... fifteen minutes of it, and I was like, oh, it feels great now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I in all my many many years of playing video games, like the idea of holding up a shield has always been so, so foreign to me. Like, I ne the only time I think I've ever, like, consciously used a shield in a game is where you had to bounce back the Deku Nuts in Ocarina of Time, like, to actually proceed in the game. And other than that, I'm just like, a shield may might as well not exist. And mm -hmm. so, 
well, like and the when it does it's mario kart style you have to hit it at exactly the right moment but then you hold it the fact that mm. it's you have to do it at the right time and then let go impossibly foreign i would never in a million years have i just I, Interesting. That, that's odd because I just remember that that clicking with me and I'm like, oh, actually, this is the first time like a shield has been satisfying to use. And maybe that's because like I knew even though I hadn't played a bunch of Dark Souls going into this, like I knew that comparison and like mm-hmm. parrying in Dark Souls is a big part of that game. Yeah, it's a separate button, though. Sure. Yeah, I was yeah, coming at it from that perspective as well. But anyway, well, anywho, uh, probably I've good... never played Dark Souls. Yeah, that's fine. I've I'm only not, played I'm Elden Ring. Elden Souls. Okay. Elden yeah. Ring. Elden <laughs> Rings. I played Soul all Rings. of the Elden Ring games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do we want to transition to rankings? Uh, tie up, tie up our last game of this season of games that we played. Oh. Uh, maybe I'll uh, Andrew. I'll put you on the spot first. For let's do it. Rock and roll. Rock Sounds good. Here. Uh, yeah. Soon sells. Uh, I'm glad that I'm finally playing it. Um, it is very enjoyable. I like it a lot. Um, I don't know if we discussed, uh, I mentioned very briefly the animations animation work is really great. Um, I love, I love seeing a 3d rendered door open up. Uh, uh, I, I do like destroying them as well, but seeing that swing open that, that low poly door that's set on a, 2d background is mm, just i love to i love yeah love to see it i love to see it uh in particular and mm. there's a lot of animations that are just ooh, like just so silky smooth that they they trick your brain for a minute like oh maybe you know, maybe this is a 3d thing like for example the the, the starting archer enemy as they bring up the bow is, is very sleek and smooth and uh also Always love a game that has a custom low health animation. I think the first time I saw it was like Max Payne 1. If you're low enough health, oh, he holds a stomach. Uh, Mr. Ninja, Mr. Dead Soulman does the same thing. And uh, it's great. So uh, anyway, I'm plopping this down at number six in my ranking list. Maybe it should be higher. In terms of like my personal preferences, probably higher. But I don't want it to take over RimWorld. Um, it's right, it's right there. It's neck and neck, but just out of respect for our missing <laughs> host, <laughs> our missing crew member. Uh, I I gotta keep RimWorld uh at number five. And this game, Dead Cells <clears throat> at the game I'll go would next. recommend. Uh Dead Cells, yeah. I think this'll this'll top out at number two on the charts for, for the Scott rankings, uh, just behind. My number one still Cogmind, just ahead of number three Risk of Rain. Uh, I think like all and like these rankings at the top are like kind of meaningless because they're all like so close together. But like there was a moment when I was playing on on the Steam Deck in airplane mode on, and I had like this really solid run going. I'm like, okay, great. Like I'm gonna quit here and then like I'll pick it back up on the desktop. Like you know, turn the Steam Deck back on. Uh, and it didn't sync the the save like the save was just totally lost to time and i was like oh my god i had such a good run going uh and there there are games and there are times where that would just be like my end of that game i'd just be like you know what <laughs> yeah. i've experienced enough of the game i think i got it that can be like a make or break decision uh that was not a make or break decision here i think like that was very much a well, let's start a new run and see what happens. This game definitely has that just one more run pull that you want from this kind of genre. Be really good. Um, I think like the aesthetic. I think the art design for this game is is amazing. 
the main character yeah, is okay, but you have like 500 different skin. You can play as Sonic the Hedgehog as your skin. Your skin. <laughs> so uh, you can be a snowman. You can be Santa Claus. Like I played a good chunk of this as the Ironclad from Slay the Spire. Your options are limitless. Uh, the gameplay is perfectly fluid. It seems like when you get items that synergize really well, you feel invincible. And that's like such a good feeling in, in a game where difficulty can be like really punishing. It feels like a very good way to be like, Haha, I've got you game. Uh, and then when like the soundtrack kicks in and you've got like the float and your character's ninja running all around, you're, it's just everything locks into place and it feels so perfect. So it's going to be, it's going to be a number two for me, like just behind Cogmind, which I think is the best in class of traditional roguelikes. I think this is maybe the best in class for like your meta progression action-y platformer. Colin, you're up next. Um, I'd say that, so this game, if if a game doesn't have a good enough story or aesthetics, I feel like I just compress it into do not care about it at all. Um, story, irrelevant to me. Could have no story, would make no difference in my uh, ranking of this game. Aesthetics, eh, they're fine. Makes no difference in the ranking of this game. It's still my number three uh, of games that we've played because it doesn't matter. The gameplay flow of this game is so good. It just feels good to play it. And like that is the the core of like running through getting that sense of speed. Like I most of the ones I do, I play brutality, which is the like get up in there and melee, don't worry about blocking, don't worry about shooting from afar. Just like get in, slash around, moving constantly, doing everything, running as fast as you can. It just feels so fun and fluid to play. Um like it could be just little abstract cubes on a screen and I would have mm-hmm. the same amount of fun because the mechanics, the execution of it is so good. Um, I'm putting it number three, despite being like the same rank as uh, my number two game, Monster Train, uh, just because of, I, I literally dropped it right before we started this podcast because of the revelation about shields, because <laughs> it's it's so frustrating to me that ha- how bad the, the explanation of the game mechanics are, like, I enjoyed the 15 minutes of playing with shields that I did. Like, (laughs) do I have like a whole second game to play that I didn't know about before because I didn't understand how a third of the mechanics of the game works? Uh, Maybe, uh, probably not, but like, I'm excited to at least like test it out. Um, And it frustrates me that I got, you know, I've put 18 hours into this game in the last seven days. Like that's a halftime job. (laughs) And I didn't know about like a core mechanic and I don't really feel like it was my fault. So (laughs) Like there's still there there's uh, I, I gave it a nine point five out of ten. There are a couple of like little little chinks in the armor to keep it from being a ten out of ten, but still one of the one of the best games I've played in the last couple of years. Woody, Woody bring us home. Yeah, Tell us yeah. How Woody, bring us home. You your your games on your list uh, so far are number one is Enter the Gungeon and number two is FTL Faster Than Light. Where does Dead Cells fit in here? I mean, I have the like nice benefit of only being on the pod like to talk about games that I like because you asked me what <laughs> games I wanted to be on for. So like my list is kind of slanted. I don't just like every game. I just happen to like every game that I volunteer to be on the podcast for. Um, I'm going to put this at number two. Um, yeah, I like Gun- my man. Gungeon yeah. Ranks Supreme, baby. Gungeon Ranks Supreme. Um, like right. I said, I like the aesthetic. Like Gungeon and Dead Cells are both just joys to play and like the difficulty level feels right the whole way through um gungeon like the aesthetics and the humor is just more memorable to me and there's like there's weapons in gungeon that when they drop i'm like very excited to try them and see how they work 
like in this game, when I see a weapon I hadn't seen, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll try that. But I'm not like I'm not awash with joy the way I am with some of the weapons in Gungeon. Um, but I do think that this game is a total delight to play. Super addictive, super fun. Like I said, very happy with the many, many hours that I put into it. Um, and yeah, I think that I, I played I played the life out of this game um, and mushed it, mushed it back into the mush from where it where it can return. Um, so yeah, great game. Definitely, definitely worth a try. Um, and even, yeah, I think that the endorsement here that I think means the most is Collins because like he, he was not big Yay. on, on Gungeon because like it is kind of unforgiving at first. Um, but like, you know, I think Colin, correct me, if I'm wrong, but like you found your way right into dead cells from the beginning. And like, even though I'm sure you yeah. were dying a lot, like, oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. inviting right from the start. And so I feel like that speaks really high that you can play it for a few hours and have a great time or you can put in tons of hours. I will have to bring in our absent co-host Will's criticism, which is platformers are bad. Uh, <laughs> mad because bad. Sure. Um, Super so... Mario Brothers. Who needs it? So it's <laughs> I will say this game is not for everyone. If you don't like platformers just as a concept entirely, it is still very but much a not platformer. Actually, that much platforming even in this game, because it's I not mean, like platforming is a lot of like jumping from thing to thing to not die. Like right. most of the levels in this game don't have pits that you can fall into. There are some sure. spikes, but like mostly the way that your character moves around like you're not doing a bunch of slow paced precision jumping you are still doing a lot of jumping and moving though sure so if, if it, that's it's not, not your quite jam as if, unforgiving yet. if 2d side scrolling jumping and go. fighting isn't your jam <laughs> this is that game in spades uh -huh. i like that for the most part it's not um like so for gungeon i don't really like bullet hells and this is not sure. a bullet hell so like there you go but like you could be the best but bullet it, hell. It could be engineer sure. dungeon, and maybe wouldn't like it. If you don't like platformers, if you don't like side scrolly stuff, this is that. It's the best of that. But if that's not your thing, then don't play it. There are a lot of other great games out there. Yeah, like Dead Cells. So for our similar games segment, I was kind of like scratching my head a little bit because Dead Cells feels like such like its own unique thing of like this very fast paced combat mild platforming elements not quite super mario world level but um but like other games that stunt that kind of stuck out as like oh these are kind of in the same vein of the dead cells uh realm would be uh rogue legacy one and two i think have oh, yeah. a very similar kind of yep. design aesthetic uh skull the hero slayer in terms of like meta progression unlock stuff um spirit fall which is like a platformy side scrolling uh um almost like smash like game if uh if you combine dead cells and smash smash brothers um recently I smash think, cells yep yeah um in early access right now a game called oblivion override uh which has a very interesting Ooh. demo uh very Bad much name. more yeah Bad it's name. uh <laughs> oh really dead, dead cells but robots <laughs> um i think uh woody you and andrew i think have played super house of dead ninjas before. yeah that, that game's that game's fine. It's not. It's not <laughs> much of anything to my to my memory. It's kind it's of literally a, not much of anything to me because I, yeah. I don't think I have played it actually. Yeah. I think it's uh, like a throwaway Adult Swim game where like ninjas come at you and you attack them. It's, yeah, a uh, very fast paced platformy ish. Yeah. Um, and another game that's come out that has kind of uh, 
purist fans of the property uh, shaking their heads a little bit, uh, Blaz Blue Entropy Effect, uh, a very huh. interesting game that like kind of has nothing to do with the Blaz Blue franchise, but maybe like vaguely themed about it? Question mark. Uh, but again, another. It's got to like, be Blaze Blue, right? Is it? What is Blaze Blue? You sound like you sound like a huge, <laughs> huge dork. Blaze Blue. Blaz Blue. What? What is with all these kids in their eye spaces like, and I, I, I honestly don't know because I don't know if I've ever talked to someone about awesome. Blaze Blue. I just I can't imagine that they would name well, I mean, it have it be called Blaz Blue. The way it's spelled, maybe the typography. There's I don't know. There's no e. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying when you Bla- actually Baja. hear someone pronounce it, you're like, how did anyone decide to name it that? <laughs> Whenever I go to Taco right. Bell, I always get a Bla- Baja Blaz. Yeah, exactly. Blaz Baja Blaz. Okay. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, well, that's it's all good. <laughs> uh, such is life. Uh, interesting. But the, so there's a new Blaze Blue. Well, yeah. And the, the it's, and it's from- like roguey. The pushback from Blaze the Steam Blue? reviews is like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like game, a Japanese right? anime fighting fighting game. Okay. Street Fighter. But yeah, it's like it's like Guilty Gear. If if there was a Street Fighter roguelike game that was like set in the Street Fighter universe and didn't have any of the Street Fighter care in it, but it still said Street right. Fighter. Right. I totally understand right. based on that explanation exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Lots I think of I think options. Rogue Legacy is is far and away the best comparison. Um, except I think Dead Cells is way better than Rogue Legacy just in terms of how it feels. I mean, I think honestly, if you're gonna be starting to compare it to games. You you really have to start comparing it to games that aren't roguelikes. Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight, mm, yep. other Knight-based games, uh, <laughs> Castlevania. Like that, those are its closest comparison for, for for a lot of the like <laughs> the mechanics. Um, but it it, it feels a lot. It, it's a lot faster because you are expected to die and not start the game from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, in in like a, a Hollow Knight, so. Well, as we wind down here, uh, if you want to send in your own corrections for how Blaz Blue is pronounced, <laughs> you can... I honestly want to know now. Please send in a correction. Yeah, and right. Just in... Confirm that it is not pronounced Blaz Blue because my mind will be blown. <laughs> right in bl- at blaz.com. Uh, grogpodzone at gmail.com for your, your pronunciation, your pronunciation cor- corrections. Uh, we're on Mastodon at GrogPod, GameDev.Place uh, website, GrogPod.Zone, with all of our rankings and stuff there. Um, that concludes a, a full season of said GrogPod. Uh, and now we're going to put our rankings to the test in a uh, final elimination playoff bracket for our next episode uh, for the GrogPod Omega Bowl. The roguelike playoffs begin in our next episode, uh, and we're gonna be we're gonna be putting our our top games for each, importantly for each category, along with some wild card picks. So that way, it's not just the roguelike deck builder playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we we've got uh, we've got quite a lineup that uh, we're gonna put out a a Google form. So Woody, you you too can vote on our. I can vote. You yeah you finally can. my role in democracy matters. <laughs> uh, and then yeah we'll we'll uh, be talking about those games and head to head matchups about like how do we compare each of those um, uh, with the ultimate title of uh, which one is is the best one for the season that we have our overall rankings and then a fun little playoff bracket to, which gives us an excuse to revisit the games that we played earlier. Um, but yeah uh, but if you if you listen closely. 
You can hear that that tick tocking sound, the tick tock. That's the timer counting down for the roguelike playoffs for our next episode. Uh, so look out for that that Google form. I'm going to be spamming it everywhere, far and wide as I can. Please put the show notes here, uh, blasting it everywhere. Uh, You're putting it on TikTok. You're going to be blasting it. <laughs> <laughs> Blaz blooming it everywhere. I'm uh, sorry. It's just Blaz is just an incredible piece of, 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 of wordmanship. Uh, loving, loving, loving Blaz. Anyway, uh, yeah, outstanding. Uh, that is going to be an exciting episode. Yeah. Two weeks time. Everyone, so, plenty of time to get those votes in. Come on. Woo!